0: BUD NOT BUDDY CHAPTER NINE I got to the food line in plenty of time, but my pretend family wasn't anywhere around. I had to eat by myself, without the brown sugar. After I was through, I went back to the library and sat under my tree to wait for it to open. I couldn't stop thinking about Daisy Malone and her dimple. How could her father find them now? Finally, I saw people going into the library. The same librarian was there again. I said, Good morning, ma'am. Good morning, young man. Could I please borrow a pencil and a piece of paper and see that book about how far one city is from another again, ma'am? She said, of course you may. You know, after I went home last night, I finally recognized you. Didn't you and your mother used to come in here a long time ago? Yes, ma'am, she said. And if I remember correctly, you and your mother had quite different tastes in books. I remember your mother used to like mysteries and fairy tales. Isn't that so? Man, I can't believe she remembered that and you're the little fellow who used to come in all the time and ask Miss Hill for books about the Civil War, aren't you? Yes, ma'am, she said. I thought so. She handed me the pencil and paper and the city's book. Then she said, then said, and when you're done with the book, bring it back, and I have something special for you. She had a huge smile on her face. I said, thank you, ma'am, but I didn't get too excited, because I know the kind of things librarians think are special. I went over to a table and found Flint and Grand Rapids in the lines of the book. I looked where the two lines met, and it said 120. Wow, that was going to be a good little walk. Next, I wrote down 120, then divided it by 5. That came up to 24. That meant I'd have to walk for 24 hours to reach Grand Rapids, one whole day and one whole night. I figured it would be easiest to do the night part first, so I decided to stick around the library until it got dark then head for Grand Rapids. I wrote down all the names of all the cities I'd have to pass through to get there. Owasso, Ovid, St. John's, Ionia, and Lowell, and put the paper in my pocket. When I took the city's book back to the librarian, was still smiling. She said, I'll bet you've been dying to know what your surprise is, haven't you? I lied. Yes, ma'am. She reached under her desk and pulled out a thick, thick book called The Pictorial History of the War Between the States, Wow, the book was gigantic. Thank you very much, ma'am. She said, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. I took the book back to my table. I didn't want to tell her that I wasn't really interested in history. It was just that the best gory pictures in the world came from the Civil War, and this book was full of them. It really was a great book. There's another thing that's strange about the library. It seems like time flies when you're in one. One second I was opening the first page of the book, here in the crack beams sound the pages make, smelling all the page powder and reading what battle the picture on that page was from. And the next second, the librarian was standing over me saying, I am very impressed. You really devoured that book, didn't you? But it's time to close now. You may start up again first thing tomorrow. I couldn't believe it. It had happened again. I would spent the whole day reading. Her words snapped a a spell that was on me and my stomach started growling right away. I was going to be too late for the mission. When she was walking me to the door the librarian stopped at her desk and said now i know that knowledge is a food but i couldn't help noticing you never went to eat you must be very hungry she handed me a paper bag and gave me another smile thank you ma'am she smiled see you tomorrow i said yes ma'am thank you for everything i went back under the christmas tree and got my suitcase but by this time tomorrow i'd be looking at the face of the man who had to be my father I started eating the cheese sandwich the librarian gave me, and then I headed out for Grand Rapids. It's funny how ideas are. In a lot of ways, they're just like seeds. Both of them start real, real small, and then whoop, zoop, sloop. Before you can say Jack Robinson, they've gone and grown a lot bigger than you ever thought they could. If you look at a great big maple tree, it's hard to believe it started out as a little seed. I mean, if you pick up one of those maple tree seeds and turn it over a couple of times in your hand, there's no way your brain will buy that this little thing can grow into something so big you have to bend your neck back just to see the top of it. Something so big that you can hang a swing on it or build a tree house in it or drive a car into it and kill yourself and any bad luck passengers that might be taking a ride with you. Ideas are a lot like that. That's what the idea of Herman E. Calloway being my father started as something so teeny that if I hadn't paid it no mind, it would have blown away with the first good puff of wind. But now, here it was, so big and important and spread out. The idea first got started when I was looking in my suitcase at one of the flyers showing Herman E. Calloway and his band. That was like the seed falling out of the tree and getting planted. It started busting its head out of the dirt when me and the other boys at the home were getting our nightly teasing from the biggest bully there, Billy Burns. He'd said... I don't even belong in this place. I've been here put by mistake, and it ain't going to be long before my mama comes and gets me out. Bugs said, Billy, how come it's taken your mama so long to find out where you're at? She must have a real bad memory. Seems like since she was the one that dropped you off here, she'd have remembered where she left you by now. Billy said, Well, 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 will you take a look at who piped up? Mr. Bugs. "'You know, I've seen lots of people who have roach-infected houses, "'but you are the first person I've seen who's got a roach-infected head, "'and I wouldn't expect a little ignorant roach-head like you "'to know nothing about folks coming back here to get you out. "'You don't even have no idea who your mama and daddy is. "'Any fool you see walking down the street could be them.' "'He looked at the rest of us and said, "'Seven little boys in this room and not a one of y'all knows who your folks is. "'This is sure enough sad collection of souls here.' Boy? I said, that's not true. I knew who my mama is. I lived with her for six years. Another boy said, me too. I live with my mama for a long time. Billy Burns said to me, is that right? And what about your old man? How many years you live with him? I got a nickel here and you know what it says. Billy had stole a nickel from somewhere and held it up so as the buffalo on it was looking out at us. He pretended the buffalo was talking. It had a deep voice like you'd figure a buffalo would say, would. It said, Billy, my man, go ahead and bet this little no mama fool that he don't know who his daddy is. Then I'll have another nickel to bang around in your pocket with. Even before I had a chance to think, I said, you owe me a nickel. My daddy plays a giant fiddle and his name is Herman E. Calloway. And with those words that I didn't even mean to say, that little seed of an idea started growing. The idea got bigger and stronger when I'd sit up at night and wonder why Mama had kept those flyers. It dug its roots in deep and started spreading out when I got old enough to understand that Mama must have known she wasn't going to be around too long and was trying to leave me a message about who my daddy was and why she could never talk about him. I knew Mama must be too embarrassed about why he wasn't with us and was trying to break it to me gentle. The only trouble was she waited too long I mean, what other reason could there be for Mama to keep all those things I have in my suitcase and treat them like they were treasures? And why did I know way down in my guts that they were real, real important, so important that I didn't feel uncomfortable unless I knew where they were all the time? That little idea had gone and sneaked itself into being a mighty maple, tall enough that if I looked up at the top of it, I'd get a crick in my neck, big enough for me to hang a climbing rope in strong enough that I made up my mind to walk clean across the state of Michigan. I opened my suitcase and pulled the flyers out before it got dark. I put the blue one with the writing about flint on it on the bottom and looked at the others. Two of them had the same picture of Herman E. Calloway and the two guys, but the first was called Herman E. Calloway and the Terminally Unhappy Blues Band. They were called Masters of the Delta Blues, and the other one was called Herman E. Calloway and the Gifted Gents of Gospel, featuring Miss Grace Blessed, Thomas's vocals. They were the servants of the master's salvation. The two other flyers just had little drawings. The first one was a drawing of an accordion and told about a band named H.E. Kalawalski and the wonderful warblers of Warsaw, who were the masters of the polka. The second one was of a picture of some mountains and it told about a band named H.E. Bonnegat and the boisterous big band of Berlin, who were the masters of all we behold. I put the flyers back in the suitcase and stood up. Just like bugs, I was going west.